0: The Drive at 5. The is driving today's headlines. Brought to you by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes, demand the yellow van on 100.1 FM and AM 1020. KDKA. Observe the posted speed limit. Please make sure you take your time to merge safely and keep all your arms and hands inside the cabin as we head down the road with the Drive at 5. Conservative Supreme Court justices appeared skeptical about the legality of President Joe Biden's student loan debt relief plan. Questions remain as to whether the challengers have legal standing to sue. The program, which would allow eligible borrowers to cancel as much as $20,000 in debt, has been blocked since the 8th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals issued a temporary hold back in October. There are major doubts it will ever go into effect. Challengers argue the administration's proposal, which was announced by Biden in August, violates the Constitution and federal law partly because it circumvents Congress, which is said to have the sole power to create laws related to student loan forgiveness. The Justice could decide the case based on a legal argument made by challengers that the Supreme Court has recently embraced called the major questions doctrine under that category. Federal agencies cannot initiate sweeping new policies that have significant economic impact without having the express authorization from Congress. Now, the conservative majority cited the major questions doctrine last year in blocking Biden's covid vaccination or test requirement for larger businesses and curbing the authority of the Environmental Protection Agency to limit carbon emissions from power plants. Key threshold question is whether any of the challengers have legal standing to sue in the first place. Many observers think that if the court, which has a six three conservative majority, finds the challengers had standing to sue, it will almost certainly then conclude that Biden's plan is unlawful. Forget the spy balloon. China is looking in on a whole lot of other ways. Even as the Chinese spy balloon floated across the U.S., Chinese-backed hackers were gathering far more information by breaking into computer networks in America and around the world. CrowdStrike says in its annual global threat report on cybersecurity that it observed China-linked cyber espionage groups targeting 39 industries on nearly every continent. About a quarter of the hacking was aimed at North America. Most of it targeted China's Asian neighbors, the report found. The techniques that China has used become increasingly sophisticated as cybersecurity has improved. They endemic at this point. They're everywhere, says Adam Myers, CrowdStrike's head of intelligence. U.S. officials say China like the U.S., hacks into the networks of its adversaries to gather intelligence. But they say China also hacks private corporations stealing intellectual property, which the U.S. says it does not do. China consistently denies that. Well, a top American intelligence official once called the Chinese hacking of Western companies the greatest transfer of wealth in history. Hacking remains the chief Chinese espionage activity, says James Lewis, who's a cybersecurity expert. Hacking is where they make their money. The balloon doesn't even register. Congressional gang of eight to get a long awaited briefing on Trump, Biden and Pence documents that bipartisan group of high ranking lawmakers will receive their free first briefing today on the various classified documents that were found in the properties of President Joe Biden, former President Donald Trump and former Vice President Mike Pence. According to a couple of sources telling NBC News, members of the so-called gang of eight. I've been calling for such a briefing since the FBI executed a search warrant at Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate back in August, recovering documents that included more than 100 with classified markings. Those calls amplified in January when it was revealed that a lawyer for Biden had reported finding Obama-era classified documents in November at a Washington office Biden used after finishing his term as vice president. Other documents were later found in Biden's Delaware home. Now, the Gang of Eight, who are they? Well, it's made up of leaders from the House and the Senate, including the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, the Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, the House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, the House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, the top Republican and Democrat from each chambers intelligence committees so that means representative michael turner republican ohio jim himes democrat connecticut and senators mark warner democrat virginia marco rubio republican from florida President Biden nominating Julie Sue as Labor Secretary. The Biden made the president, excuse me, made that announcement that that is his choice. Sue is currently the Deputy Secretary of Labor. If confirmed by the Senate, she'd be the first Asian American to serve as cabinet secretary under Biden. If confirmed, she would replace Marty Walsh, who left the administration to become head of the National Hockey League Players Association. A source in the labor movement said the White House notified them of the decision on Tuesday before Biden announced his pick. Senator Elizabeth Warren, Democrat Massachusetts, showed praise on Sue's abilities. Senator Bernie Sanders, who chairs the Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee, praised the nomination in a statement, saying, "I'm confident Julie Sue will be an excellent Secretary of Labor. I look forward to working with her and protecting workers' rights and build trained union movement in this country." Said Bernie Sanders. The uh, near miss has happened again, this time at Logan International Airport. Federal Aviation Administration is looking into another close call, this one between a JetBlue flight that was preparing to land and a Learjet that was taking off without clearance Monday night at Boston's Logan International Airport. The incident happened just before 7. According to the preliminary review, the pilot of a Learjet 60 took off without clearance while JetBlue flight 206 was preparing to land on a an intersecting runway," said that statement. The FAA went on to say that an air traffic controller instructed the pilot of the Learjet to line up and wait on runway nine, while the JetBlue flight was coming in on runway four right, which actually intersects runway nine. The Learjet pilot read back the instructions clearly, but then began a takeoff roll instead. So the pilot of the JetBlue aircraft took evasive action, initiated a climb out as the Lear jet crossed through that intersection. The FAA will determine the closest proximity between the two aircraft as part of its investigation. What's happening with real estate in Pittsburgh? Well, let's take a look at Bakery Square. As a piece in the Post-Gazette today says, Phillips is going to sublease more than 70,000 square feet of its space there. Now, the Dutch consumer electronics and medical equipment maker is giving up 74,164 square feet at the complex in Larimer and Shady Side. That's on top of one floor of space, about 37,000 square feet. It subleased last year. That space was taken over by Management Science Associates. This latest decision could have implications for a local office market that's already dealing with a whole lot of subleased space, about 2 million square feet at the end of 2022. And at a rare hiccup at Bakery Square itself, which is a home... Of Google's Pittsburgh headquarters and a top mixed-use development that seemed to really be immune to COVID-related pressures and economic downturns. Now a representative from Phillips did confirm to the Post Gazette that it intended to sublease two more floors of its space at Bakery Square. Phillips moved its headquarters from Murraysville into the Bakery Square office, Bakery Square 3. About two years ago, it had signed a lease to take on more than 200,000 square feet in that particular structure. And that is today's drive at 5. It's 5.15, the 28th of February. And those are the stories driving headlines on this, the final day of February. The Drive at 5, the stories driving today's headlines. Brought to you by ServiceMaster of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes, demand the yellow van on 100.1 FM and AM 1020. KDKA. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.